So we're back. Let's talk about Krampus. We just stopped recording, quote unquote, the other episode 30 seconds ago. So I'm ready to talk about Krampus. I just watched Krampus like last night. I know. It's such a reversal. Like I was watching Home Alone for the first time and you're watching Krampus for the first time. So here's the thing, right? We talked last time Home Alone. We kind of concluded with the idea that it has some edgy elements, but overall stays safely in the Christmas movie realm. And I, I advanced this idea, and I'm going to stay with this idea, that I I think Christmas movies are somewhat democratic. It, it, it's, is it recognized as a Christmas movie by people or not? Like, that's kind of what ultimately right. makes it a Christmas movie. We've been, we've been having this discussion since Halloween where I think there's a difference between, like, what is popularly considered a Christmas movie and what is sort of a Christmas movie. A Christmas movie to the Hollywood industry is just any movie that happens to heavily feature Christmas counts as a Christmas movie. Um, Whether or not it is generally accepted by the public as a Christmas movie is a different matter altogether. So I think when you say it's democratic, yes, the public opinion of it is democratic. And that's what I'm saying, because like horror has tropes and horror, I think, is a little more strictly defined, whereas Christmas movie can kind of, you can see like, like Die Hard, really, Die Hard. Okay. Die Hard is like right on the edge of it, but I think there are tropes to a Christmas movie too. There's always like a crank that's not really into it. There's always an emphasis on family and coming together. Fair. That's usually that. That's actually kind of honestly the biggest one. And then there's always like an element of using the the standardly commercialized Christmas elements in some sort of fun way. I said last episode that I think a lot of edgy Christmas movies are actually not being that edgy. And here's the thing. I think there's, um, w- as with many edgy things, including, as we talked about last time, my 16-year-old self, you want to feel that you're being reactant. You want to feel you're asserting your freedom, and you're, even in your everyday life. But who here really wants to violate norms or be judged or be looked at? I don't think many people actually want to defy expectations that fundamentally. Right. Well, no one likes being around an angry person or a, or a- constantly cynical person right like after a certain point it's fun for five minutes but you don't want to spend your whole day with them or a socially awkward person where they just don't understand like we are not here to do that we are here to do this instead whatever that right that and movies are fundamentally meant to be entertaining they, yeah. they can have messages they can be critical of things but ultimately like you want to leave the theater feeling something and not just feeling dead inside exactly and, and for me I think that Krampus and many movies like it. I haven't seen the new Violent Night yet, but I actually think that films like Krampus are very important, not just because they uh, they are actually Christmas movies and that they have all the same tropes, just slightly different versions of them, but I think what they allow is they allow a socially acceptable form of rebellion. In the, way, in the same way that, and we talked about this before on the last episode, in the same way that Deadpool also is like a safe sort of rebellion exactly. against the superhero formula. It rebels against the superhero formula by calling everything out and making fun of it, but at the same time still fulfills everything that a superhero movie needs to have, right? He still has a heroic journey. He still ends up being a good guy. You know, he still ends up being self-sacrificing and saving people. He is a superhero as much as he would like to say he's not. Exactly. And I think that Krampus isn't the only movie I can think of that does this, but it's my favorite movie that does this, is that it has its transgressive elements, 
But ultimately, at the end of the day, it is a Christmas movie. In some ways, I would actually say, I think Christmas is far more integral to Krampus than it is to many other Christmas movies. Like Home Alone, it doesn't have to be about Christmas until you get into about the 45 or 50 minute mark. And I know this from looking at my notes, which are <laughs> have timestamps on them. Uh, I was like, oh, so I was like, okay, this could be any family vacation. Uh, no, it's actually, it's the conversation with old man marley is when i was like okay no i guess right. this is a well christmas because home movie. alone is so centered on thematically it's very much a christmas movie in terms yes. of it's very much centered on christmas that is that time when all of your relatives whom you normally kind of can't stand are all coming together for some reason and we have to figure out how to survive this and krampus is very in a lot of ways exactly the same like we we even talked about they have the same like bald angry uncle type well they have the same um, every, they, have, they have the same basic setup but I do think it's... They even have that same mystical moment where someone's like, I wish this never happened. I don't believe in Christmas anymore. I wish all of you were gone. Literally. Literally. I, would have, I was going to say, like, uh, like, like, it starts with Adam Scott, my, my Ben Wyatt, my comfort character, being put through so many bad things. Uh, but like, well, it's actually not Adam Scott's movie. It's his son's, the character, uh, the character's son's movie. I forget his name. Curly-haired kid. It is really his adorable. movie, but it starts with Adam Scott yelling at that character about... Oh, no, no, no. It starts with that character punching the lights out of another kid during a nativity play. Yes, but you don't... Re- That's what it starts with. I guess, okay, from that perspective, it starts with, uh, is it, uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas put over Black well, Friday watch, shopping. Like, every horrible Black Friday trip yeah. happening all at once, and it, it culminates in the main... In, it starts with Max in a nativity play punching the lights out of another kid, and then right afterwards we have a conversation with him and his dad which where it's revealed that he punched the lights out of this other kid because that kid stopped believing in Christmas. <laughs> Yes, I, the whole world will learn of pe- of peace, love, and joy by force. But <laughs> it, it like you want to talk about war on Christmas? Yeah. that's the real one right there. But with Max, um, Max is very much in the similar situation to um, Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone that he doesn't like his cousins. Like and they like the cousins. They do a really good job. The cousins are oh, just they are insufferable. Just loathsome. Every single one of them. They are also on a cartoony level. The way that they are in Home Alone, almost more so. And the, I would actually say more so. I th- I do think it's yeah. more so because like with Home Alone, really I'm like, what it. am I supposed to be thinking here? With Krampus, I'm like, ah, we are dealing with parody. Excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. Go on. Um. But in this case, it's it's interesting. The flip is that in Home Alone, Kevin is a kid who is kind of not getting along in the Christmas spirit, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like he, he wants everybody to be gone. Max is a kid who desperately wants everyone to believe in the Christmas spirit and is frustrated that other people don't. Like, he's not a little nightmare. He's a true believer, and we really feel so bad for him. He is such a sympathetic character. I, I feel a lot I think that the the main family of Krampus 
are a lot more like they're flawed but likable except for omi the the grant the german-speaking grandmother she does not have any real flaws that we can see she's so fun except for the fact that she she pretends she doesn't speak english so that she doesn't have to interact with people she doesn't like which to be fair i'm not even remotely bilingual and i do that sometimes (laughs) fake i I have to say as someone who's watching it for the first time and had only ever heard of krampus's like that horror movie the, the Christmas-themed horror movie that I thought only existed to be edgy. Yeah. Watching it, I was like, oh, wait, holy... Like, all every one of these actors is a known entity. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes in horror movies, they aren't. No. You don't need name-brand actors. You don't need A-listers in order to sell your horror movie. Horror movies are a great way to platform new actors that haven't had a chance yet. But, I mean, you have Adam Scott. You have Tony Collette. Yeah. Ages before she does Hereditary, playing an uptight, like, stressed out mom again. Conchita Worst as the just gross aunt. The gross oh, alcoholic amazing. aunt. She's like, so great. It was one of her She's later actually roles kind of too. relatable right off the bat. She, At no point do I hate her. She, it's one of her last roles, and it, she was so good at, like, oh, just selling yeah. that character who we'd hate. We'd hate just in love, any There's other a setting. bit where she, like, goes, Come on, children, I'm going to teach you how to make peppermint schnapps. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I've seen enough of like. There's a scene like she has no. She's been complaining that the German grandmother's been speaking nothing but German. She's like, "Well, I we're clearly effed. I don't know. I did. I don't speak German, but I know enough to understand when life's shuffling at you with its pants down or something like that." <laughs> it's just the most <laughs> demented line, and and that's honestly, I th- I think that I think that's why I liked Krampus more than I liked Home Alone. Is Krampus is like from the beginning of this movie. Oh, this is going to be demented. Like, we like our main family. Our main family, they're flawed, but they're likable. Even Max has his flaws. Like, he gets angry over... He's a more realistic 10-year-old, I think, in some ways. Uh, In many ways. Always. He he doesn't have Rambo-level survival training. Um, And then he... He He probably wishes he did. uh, (laughs) Yeah, that comes into play. He writes his letter wishing, you know, everyone were gone. He rips it up throws it out into the window the window and a fit of peak and Krampus, the the Germanic companion to Saint Nicholas who punishes bad children, comes for them. And like <laughs> this movie just embraces it. Like so like Home Alone is one of those things where I had to like again I had such an opposite experience because like I didn't like Home Alone, but I there were things where I'd like I have to remind myself how excellent so many things are. Like the writing, like the acting, like the production. Like old man Marley. Like old man Marley. Well, I didn't have to remind myself, I just objectively love that. Whereas with Krampus, there are a lot of weaknesses. Like the parents do what they need to do in this in the situation. At the beginning, they're supposedly being super strict with Max's older sister, but then they let her walk to her boyfriend's in a snowstorm. Yeah, and there's like there's a moment in the middle of the movie where everyone suddenly starts being a whole lot nicer to each other. Yeah, and it's just because like they're all going through a hard time that they're learning to be nicer to each other. Whereas, like, in, in Home Alone, there's a very realistic, like, you don't know what you have till it's gone. Yeah. Quite literally sense where you realize, like, oh, that pain in the ass, sorry, pain in the butt family of mine is gone for three days and I suddenly start to miss little things about them. This one is, it doesn't quite bridge that as naturally. It does not, but it's it's so much fun I did I was having so much fun especially the first time but even the second time I was like okay I I should be more mad about this but I'm not it is so deeply relatable in his writing at the top like I I wish 
the wonderful writing at the top where it was like the family was showing up and everything was awful and you were just watching the moment where um so there's a moment in the movie where they're trying to have family dinner two days before christmas and max has written this letter to santa that he doesn't want other people to know he's written because it reveals he still believes in a santa and one of his evil evil cousins gets a hold of it and starts reading the whole thing out loud and it is oh it is such i'm so mad i didn't write a scene like this (laughs) ever in that it starts off horrific and so cruel because this she's just reading out all these like childish stuff and making fun of it and you're just writhing from like the shame of it and then she gets to like the wishes he's making on behalf of her and her family and you realize how perceptive he is at seeing that their family has problems and that he's wishing for their happiness and their well-being and it just like it drops the whole like it's so good that scene and i i kind of wish we had more moments like that throughout because it was it felt so real and it's so funny and it speaks to the theme of the movie and not to mm, not to give not to give this movie more credit than it perhaps deserves but i think we do see a lot more of that because like ultimately max does want the best for the people in his life and he once he realizes he's summoned a demon which is what Krampus is very much depicted as. Like, he th- Krampus literally is dragging people into hell in this movie. And once Max realizes what he's done, he regrets it. He even, like, tries to take... There's there's an almost, like, self-sacrificial... Well, no, it's, it's an intended self-sacrificial moment oh, yeah. at the end where he's like, look, just take me, don't take anyone else. Like... Right, he's willing... And, and that's... There's a very specific line that... Honestly, I think most people wouldn't have picked up on. I only picked up on it because I was trying to suss out the themes of the movie to talk about today. But there is a bit where Oni, the grandmother, mentions the, 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 the Christmas spirit, which is like a cheesy term we throw around. But she defines it as the sacrifice of giving others gifts. Mm-hmm. She specifically uses the word sacrifice in giving other people gifts. It's not just like, oh, that's my extra whatever, my extra sweater you can have. It's... I'm giving you my sweater. Um, and it plays in at the end, right? When he's willing to sacrifice himself on behalf of his cousin, whom he hates, the cousin that read the letter. I'm pretty sure that's the same cousin. I believe so, Two yeah, yeah. girl cousins, and they dress exactly the same. Um, so I think that part is really great. It's just that, like, you're so lost in the hijinks of it, you kind of forget about that <laughs> a lot of the time. Well, because again, like you have these themes that I think you're right to observe. I observe them as well. But then in between that, you have these demented little gingerbread men. You have this horrible worm thing. <laughs> the jack in the box. Jack in the box. And it's just it's the hilarious. best idea ever. This is a PG-13 movie that truly is like, we're trying for R, but we said the F word only once. So you can't give us an R. I think It's pretty pretty rough for something they 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 do such a good job i think of suggesting things like oh yeah suggesting horrific violence there there were things like again to compare it to home alone there's like like marv's foot going on the nail i'm like how was there not a higher rating for this but then when i watch krampus especially the second time i'm like i remembered it being super gory and then i watch it and i'm like oh no it's it's actually never that bad 
uh, the Foley design, the sound design, the specific sound effects they chose. Yeah, but, but it's also cartoonish. There are moments of very cartoonish sound design to help you feel like my, it's not. My, my, my favorite is really when Conchita Wurst plays the the, the drunk old gra- the you know I'll make you aunt. I'll yeah. make you. I'll make you teach you how to make peppermint schnapps. Great 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 aunt. And Krampus is going to drag her out. And she just goes, I'll see you in hell. And then his chain gets on her. You don't see Krampus yet. And she just gets pulled out with a wee sound effect. Wee. It's so good. I I lost it. I was just laughing my ass off. Somebody somebody on the sound design team fought very hard (laughs) to have that sound effect in there. They're like, I have this. I'm going to put it in one movie if it's the last thing I do. And that's what they got. And they they do a really good job because they have these gingerbread men, these sinister little gingerbread men that are clearly there for comedic effect. They have these snowmen similarly that are like Calvin and Hobbes. The snowmen are genuinely pretty sinister. Yeah. Like they're 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 sort of a weeping angel mechanic. Yeah, like they're there and then they're gone and then they're in another spot and they're closer. They're kind of in the middle, I would say. There's parts of them where they're funny and comedic, and there's parts where you're like, "Holy crap!" And then there's the Jack in the Box and the Angel, where you're like, "These are true horror movie like demented evil things." Mm-hmm. I thought the Angel was kind of funny. It um, was. It started funny, but then like the clo- I don't know. I, I have a thing about dolls. Um, ah, but yeah. then like at the end when there's there's a scene, elves where the Omi says elves. The, and you're like, what the hell? And then these like little munchkins wearing horrifying painted masks. And I was like, I was both laughing, but also like v- deeply uncomfortable at the same time. And then Krampus shows up and he has like, what a design. What a okay, character I'll be design. honest though, by the time I saw Krampus's face, I was not as into it. I, I actually. I liked everything else. It was like the second I saw his face, I was like, oh, they really just went for like dark santa well no they didn't here's the thing i noticed this the first time but even more the second that's a mask he's wearing a carved wooden mask because you can see his eyes behind the mask they're goat eyes they have the same yeah no i know he has goat eyes but i'm pretty sure no that, okay i read that as that's the like weta workshop monster design i did not read that as a mask over his actual face i just read it as like oh no i i, I totally that is it. the actor who put this on we're meant to believe that's his skin and those are his eyes because i didn't see anything around his eyes no you I, know what I mean I, I, his eyes move in ways like that to me suggested that the dark santa face is just a wooden mask he's wearing okay i didn't read oh. that. and it doesn't seem wooden well not maybe maybe not wooden but like it, it did not seem like that was supposed to be his actual physical face but because like his skin oh, color okay. is yeah. gray, I don't think his hands are gray, his tail is gray. Like I really liked that because it it was something else where it's like we're keeping this from you. What's under that mask? That that tortured Santa mm-hmm. mask is honestly way more terrifying because we don't see it. What's under his robes is more. Like, even how what he looks like, he doesn't appear until the end. They follow the good rules of horror. But at the same time, it's it's even with all this demented stuff and even with the, the way that does distract from the themes in some ways, the ultimate theme is still, you know, be grateful for family, love your family. And Except in them. this case, it's be grateful for your family or else. Okay, but how much of morality does have an or else clause? But like, okay, Home Alone does not have an or else. Home Alone sits on the, the joy, right? It sits on the, the joy of reuniting with your family. What I, um, there was a wonderful short film 
that was in I think the most recent season of Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix called All Through the Night. Um, it's super short. It's a wonderful little stop motion film in the style of Christmas films, but it it has I can't spoil it. It'd be so mean to spoil it. But the or else is so beautifully stated in that one. Go check it out. It's like five minutes long. <laughs> if you have Netflix, you have no reason not to watch this movie or this this short. Fine, I will watch um, this because it is delightful. It's two children who decide to stay up to fi- uh, to to you know spy on Santa and then get not what they bargained for and it's a lot worse than mommy kissing santa claus i guess to me like the or else didn't matter because in the genre we know we're dealing with an or else though i'm actually really curious so spoilers this time for a seven-year-old movie not a 30-year-old movie um the finals like there, there's a the final scene of krampus is oh it's all a dream except he opens his gift and there's the black bell that signals Krampus had been present and then you see that Krampus is looking at them through this snow globe and I've heard some people interpret that as he's imprisoned them in the snow globe and they're actually in hell I think those people watched that Black Mirror episode of White Christmas and got the idea from that okay because I got the idea that Krampus was There's also a great Christmas movie uh, in a very different sense cool because I got the idea that he was just spying on them I uh, yeah, I got the sense that like that's how those are his portals into the world. Yeah. And I thought that was honestly kind of like I think that lends itself more str- thematic make, it makes the themes more stronger. It is a thematically stronger decision that he's monitoring because it's like literally Max decide he says I'll sacrifice myself even for this crappy cousin I don't like. I've lost everyone else like I'm but I'm still not going to save my own skin. And Krampus throws him into hell, but then like that's when he wakes up. Right. I feel it's very much the um, a Christmas Carol. Yeah, it's the I've learned my lesson, and they go, no, it's it's too late, it's too late for you, and then they throw you into hell, and then you wake up, and it was all a dream, well, I mean, the, and then you're like, oh my gosh, it's Christmas, Uncle Frank, and I've learned my lesson. What year is it, <laughs> Uncle Frank? <laughs> what day is it? Christmas Day? I haven't missed it. Uh, yeah, I. I think that's a stronger thematic ending. I think it's a more interesting thematic ending. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it, like, ultimately a very non-transgressive Christmas movie, ironically. No, it's, it's extremely non-transgressive. Actually, I think the, the fact, the or else, is the part that made it transgressive. Most Christmas movies would just stop at, and then it was all a dream and everybody was all happy. That's where A Christmas Carol stops. Right. Um, and you can see, like, you can see Krampus drawing on so many of these other stories and these other Christmas films in that sense. Um, actually, somebody, I think somebody on Roger Ebert's website pointed this out, so I can't take credit for this. But the number of notes it's pulling from Gremlins, so many. A number of people have pointed that out. Which, another fun Christmas movie that is around the same time period, or at least in my brain, it feels like the same time period as. Um, Home Alone, it is. and is also like revels in violence and grossness to a degree where, like, today we'd be like, "That's weird to show that to kids," um, but back then was completely fine. But yeah, Krampus borrows a lot of those notes. The or else, the bell, and everyone having the sudden sinking feeling. I love that moment because that's the one thing that kept it from feeling exactly like every other Christmas movie, because it gave you that 
or else and it left you with that sort of dark humor well and I, I, I think it doesn't just leave you with that dark humor though I think that's also a strength I think it's also just authentic to the myth it's drawing from Christmas movies are somewhat artificial in a sense but mm-hmm. Christmas as a as a holiday is very old and I'll, I won't I won't accidentally trigger anyone by mentioning what particular traditions I'm referring to specifically but some <laughs> of them have been at best borrowed from mm-hmm. older times, especially German ones. And like, if you look at the myths, Krampus is a real mythological figure in Germanic, speaking broadly Germanic, so I including think the Norse. I his day is actually, um, Krampus day is the fifth, right? Yes, it's, it's, it's the day 5th. before St. Nicholas day. Mm-hmm. See, the day before, the day after. He's connected to St. Nicholas. He is St. Nicholas's right. It's little... got the same feeling as like All Hallows. Yes, Eve, yes. Right, which is now Halloween. And and you go to the Norse or the Germanic countries and they'll have people in these truly horrifying, horrifying costumes and they're, 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 they're Halloweening it, which is very fun. Yeah, which like almost every culture kind of has that. It's always like the night before that really joyous winter holiday, <laughs> we have this really horrifying thing. Uh, Chinese New Year has that as well. We have the night before we have to scare away a monster in order to make it to the New Year. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Did not know that. Um, It's a little bit iffy where that myth came from. There's also a chance it is not like an original Chinese myth. Somebody made it up a lot more recently. But (laughs) there is a myth. That's why we're wearing red. That's why we're... um, That's why we're uh, lighting firecrackers. It's to scare away the the creature okay that comes I, I did know there was something about scaring off bad luck i didn't know there was yes. an actual and creature. so there's like there's a version of it where it's physicalized as a monster um whose whose name it, who shares a name with the word for year nian so huh. there is like a version of the monster it's it's there is some controversy as to whether or not that is an original chinese myth or something we came up with more recently though I mean, that's true with a lot of, I mean, even with Krampus, like mm-hmm. Krampus has certainly been in, uh, enjoying a renaissance, shall we say. Point being, the Krampus myth as it originates, there is an or else that I think is really honestly prominent in Christmas up until the very modern era. That idea of, you know, e- even in the Christmas Carol, sure, the or mm-hmm. else isn't at the end necessarily but if you you know the part with uh i have to remember it's it's just jacob marley it's not jacob and robert marley uh despite (laughs) (laughs) i did watch a muppet christmas carol for the first time a couple years ago also i'm i'm that annoying person in my family that every year tries to force us to watch a different christmas related movie that everyone else has as a memory from childhood but i don't because we didn't see it Ah, uh, see for me christmas uh, muppet christmas carol is entirely about college <laughs> just take a drink every time they say the word christmas muppet christmas carol is great oh it's a great like it's, that. it's a good movie um i did once make myself sit through the star wars christmas special because i knew it was awful I- well, and yeah. I thought it would be very funny Ca- to watch. Carrie F- and it Ca- was. Carrie Fisher clearly coked out of her mind singing at the Life Day uh, celebration is my favorite that part was of great. it. That great. And, and I'm excited to check out um, Guardians of the Galaxy also has a Christmas special this year, which I've been told is not bad. I mean, he's got the... James Gunn's got to say his goodbye. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think that modern Christmas has been very sanitized in a lot of ways. 
and there is sort of an older feeling to it. Like it's a midwinter holiday. Midwinter is when, you know, things are dark. It's dark outside. And even the, 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 the Christian celebration, the ideas of it, like, there is a sort of like believe or else. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. even in, 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 in the New Testament, right? You can't really escape that. So I, I thought it was honestly kind of refreshing to have a sort of or else moment because I hate Christmas magic. I hate that whole, like, it's just because Christmas is cool and there's an inherent spirit about Christmas. And I'm like, okay, is this because you believe this is a religious holiday? Because in that case, I get it. But if it's because, oh, it's the time of year, it's cold and the days are short. What What is so great about this time of year? <laughs> Like, wh- where did this magic come from? And don't tell me it's elves. Elves are nasty little shoemaking demons. And <laughs> or, they're, right. or they're Middle-earth elves. They, they, but mythologically speaking, they're not positive. So what, what makes this magical? I thought Krampus embracing that was really cool and really fun. And I thought that made it a really fun movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think, again, it's, it's one of those, like, I would love a little bit more storytelling in there. Um, but I enjoyed it very much for what it was. And that kid is adorable and is so like that's one of those kid actors. I'm like, oh, that that kid actually does have talent. And not to say that <laughs> the kids in Harry Potter don't have talent. They have plenty of talent. Um, Macaulay Culkin had plenty of talent, has plenty of talent. But yeah, it's it's <sighs> there is something about that. I'm like, oh, this is like a four out of five. And it is so close to being a five out of five for me. The movie or the performances? The movie. The performances are really helping to sell it. But it was one of those, like, I was so into it at the beginning. And the second the Krampus stuff started happening, I was wanting just, like, a tiny bit more character in there. Like, Train to Busan is maybe my best example of a horror movie that does character really well. I don't Where think I've every seen that, choice... You haven't seen it? No. We are covering it. Okay. Yeah, we need to cover it. But it was, it was something in which, like, every... Every attack, every horror moment speaks to character in some way this does not quite do that and neither does home alone to be fair like they're they're really meant to be fun romps and i'm maybe being way too over over critical here um and i had a lot of fun watching it i'm i'm still trying to think of like what's a perfect christmas movie i mean that was going to be my last question as we move away from krampus and and home alone necessarily neither of which i would say is the perfect christmas movie neither which would i would necessarily say is my favorite christmas movie definitely not home alone but not really krampus either i was going to ask what you what would your perfect or your favorite christmas movie be and why hmm It's gonna take me a second. Okay, I can do mine, and it's it's a Muppet. Yeah, right. It's Muppet Christmas Carol. It's not hard. Muppet Christmas Carol is very. very I I, very, I think very it's good. the best version of a Christmas Carol because when a Christmas Carol takes itself too seriously, I despise it. I think mm-hmm. Charles Dickens was a second-rate writer who has somehow fooled the world into thinking he was better than he was, because he was paid by the word, so he used a lot of big ones, um, and he was also just such a despicable human being, like. <laughs> a lot of the completely straight-laced Christmas carols, I'm just like, okay, I don't care. I, my I, my wife worked on the show a lot of times. I've seen it. I've seen a play play versions of it so many times, and they're so they're always good. They're always fun. But I I don't I can't think of another version of that movie that I think has has 
done the story the justice it deserves because the Muppets take it just not seriously enough that I don't mind the fact that it's full of that spirit of Christmas crap that I can't (laughs) I absolutely cannot stand but it works when it's the Muppets except for the ghost of Christmas past that thing is a demon and 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 the Muppet Christmas Carol, little <laughs> demon baby. That thing is that thing is actually genuinely horrible. Oh yeah, I know that's terrifying. But the rest of it, it's so good. This the music is good. It it's just so much fun, and it wants you to have fun, and it invites you. That that's the strength of the movie, I think, is it in, it is an invitation to have fun with these people who are just having fun with the idea of Christmas. And and it is remarkably like. The wonderful thing about Muppets is that there's always one or two human actors who are playing it completely straight. And and in this case, you have you have the absolutely incredible Michael Caine, who is playing it completely straight the whole time and with a lot of sincerity. And it works. It works beautifully so that by the end of it, you're not only having a ton of fun and you're laughing a lot, but like, you know, you feel warm inside. You feel warm and fuzzy. And that that is a Muppet joke. Uh, <laughs> So sorry. And so I, I like, I, yeah, that's, it's pretty high up there. It is pretty high up there, that one. Well, um, you can't have it. It was mine. I know, I know. And I, I, I'm trying not to say Die Hard because oh, I know that's Oh, come a, on. I like Die Hard a lot. It is written extremely it's well. It's a very good movie, but I'm so... <sighs> I know, I know, I know. Gosh, yeah, I don't know if I have like a go-to. Like, huh? Home Alone really was for a long time. I don't watch it every year, but it is something I watch around Christmas. And my family still enjoys watching it. And I still enjoy watching it. And I still, it's one of those weird movies where like, you think it's one of those corny, you think it's going to age the way that like the Star Wars prequels age. But then the more, when you watch it again, you're like, oh no, that was actually really good writing. Or like, that's actually a really relatable situation that I couldn't relate to as a child, but I can relate to as an adult so i is it that i want to i want us i want us to close on something more fun but maybe it is maybe it is that i don't really have a strong christmas movie aside from that one i mean you're allowed to uh, uh, even yeah. though i've spent the last you know exactly two hours That's what's of the podcast crapping the all over you it spent so much time being like i didn't like this i mean i also um, don't i also still don't love christmas <laughs> like <laughs> i'm so just kind of going yay Trees. oh this sucks because i'm like so sure i do have a favorite christmas movie and i just can't remember it do you have a least favorite? Maybe we could end on that. Do you have a least favorite Christmas thing? Is something we were like, oh, Christmas movie I hate above all other Christmas movies. Yeah, Elf actually. <laughs> what? It's just it's so overdone, and I don't I don't love that kind of humor. Yeah, this is this can be my Christmas hot take is that I don't like Elf. It's just it's it's cringy to me. Like I there are Will Ferrell movies I like. There are Will Ferrell movies I like. I like um, Stranger Than Fiction. That's quite good. I like him in that. I love him in Megamind. Like, it just... There's just, like, cringy, stupid stuff that's happening, and I'm not the kind of person who enjoys that kind of humor. I mean, I actually honestly agree. I, I, I don't like Elf either, but I don't like... And honestly, my thing is the same thing. I don't like cringe humor, but I'm just... 
you're surprised. I'm surprised. It's such a universally beloved Christmas movie, and you don't. I just never got into it. It is one of those things where too many people love it and like talk about it too much. You godless hipster. I know. I know. It's just not not quite my thing. Well, speaking of movies, and even though the uh, the Kickstarter has ended for the Sundowning. Uh, you will be uh, you we, you will be spending next month after the holiday bustle and hopefully without a writer's strike. Oh, the writer's strike won't happen till spring. That's why everyone's panicking now. So you'll have some time to you know add to your stress by 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 uh, actually directing the dang movie. Yes, but between then now and then, I am going to be in Taiwan for about a month visiting relatives, doing what we do during the holidays. Um, and so we are taking a little bit of a break, or at least I'm taking a bit of a break. Aaron, you can bring on whoever you like to discuss whatever you like. Yeah, no, I'm, um, I'm, I'm also taking, like I'm, I am also taking a break. I will be, I am taking a month, uh, on the road as well because of Ooh. between Christmas and, and, uh, my sister's wedding, I am taking a month on the road. So we will be taking a hiatus for the month of January. But this will come out, you know, we're, we're sticking to our December schedule. So go us. Uh, but uh, so instead of insert clever, clever outro here, we will be back in February. We will see you guys then. All right. See ya.